Hi everyone, today's podcast is a discussion about health today and our topic is going to be about uterine fibroids and the effects it have in women ages 30 to 50. Did you know that anywhere between 20 to 80% of women will develop fibroids by the time they turn 50? And although they can affect all women, women of color are about three times more likely than white women to develop fibroids. They tend to develop them at a younger age. This is Faith, your host with the Impact Bar, sharing with you life, love, health, and happiness. And I have a special guest for you who's going to break this all down for us if you have questions about uterine fibroids. My special guest is my sister, and she specializes in women's health. And she's going to break it all down for us today at the Impact Bar. Hello, Shiana, you there? Yes, I am here. Hello. So uh, again, this is Faith with the Impact Bar, again, sharing with you life, love, health, and happiness. And today I have a special guest with me. Her name is Luciana and she is my sister. And she is going to actually kind of give us and learn more information about uterine fibroids. Um, Just to give you a little information about my sister, I'm so happy that she's here to join me today. So if I sound a little excited, it's because I am, you guys. Um, but basically, she's a she's um, in women's health. She's a women's health nurse practitioner. Um, she's been practicing in the healthcare industry for about twelve years. She practiced in OBGYN, interventional radiology with uterine fibroid embolization, and breast and um, gynecologic gynecologic on oncology. Did I say that right? That's correct. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Current, currently, she's working in breast surgical oncology. So thank you so much again, um, Luciana, for sharing um, your information with us. And again, today's topic is going to be about uterine um, fibroids because, I mean, as you already know, there's a lot of women that um, have uterine fibroids. And so we're just going to discuss and just share some information as far as with what is uterine fibroids and and and. and you know, how does it develop and, you know, what we can do to treat it. So again, thank you so much for, um, for joining me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. Um, All right. So yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Okay. So, um, I guess the first question is what are fibroids and how do they actually develop? So uterine fibroids are benign tumors that occur within the uterus. Um, They can occur outside the uterus, within the uterine muscle, or inside the uterus. Um, We really don't know what causes them to grow. Um, There are some theories out there, but there's nothing truly scientific. Um, some Some of the theories include diet. Um, some of the theories include, you know, hair products that we have, women have used in the past that cause fibroids to grow, but there's really no scientific link um, that would cause uterine fibroids. Um, we do see them more in um, the African-American black population and Hispanic population. Um, 
overall about 60% of women, um, regardless of what race you are, have uterine fibroids. Of that mm-hmm. 60%, 80% of them are black or Hispanic. Wow. Wow. And and do you know any link to that? Do you know why that is? Does it have anything to do with our chromosome makeup or like you said, hair products? I know there's no scientific reason why, but I wonder, I remember I used to wear relaxers all the time back in the day before I wear my hair natural. I wonder if that has anything to do. I don't know. It's just, I wonder why it's so prominent more in black women or women of color than it is in white women. So we yeah, we really truly don't know medically why that is. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you know, there are the theories, but there's no true scientific evidence. There's no genetic link um, to fibroids okay. with women. Um, you know, it's just that we know 80% of Black and Hispanic women have them, but we just truly don't completely understand why. Okay. Are there different kinds of fibroids? I mean, I don't know if that's the right question to ask, but... Um, I, I think you said all of them are benign though, right? So none of them, you know, can cause cancer. Is that right? Correct. Majority of the uterine okay. fibroids are non-cancerous. Um, there aren't different types of fibroids. They're just located in different areas of the uterus. Okay. So some women who uh, tend to be symptomatic from fibroids, like with heavy bleeding, um, mm-hmm. urinary frequency, pain with their menstrual cycle, a lot of times that is in correlation to where the fibroids are located. Um, okay. So if the fibroids are located inside the uterus, um, then they tend to have the maybe heavier periods or if the fibroids are located within the uterine muscle um, or if the fibroids are located on the outside of the uterus, those patients may not have as many symptoms at all. Okay. Well, with me, um, just to kind of give you a little background about about my um, fibroid health, I actually found out when I went to the gynecologist um, that I have uterine fibroids, and they were actually the ones that were actually inside the uterus where it would cause like heavy bleeding, but it wasn't big enough, I guess, for it to be a severe problem. Um, but I know that, you know, I guess, you know, the doctor wants to, you know, that's why it's really good for you to keep going to your um, wellness exams at least once a year because the doctor definitely wants to monitor that, monitor that to make sure that it doesn't, you know, grow and, and cause a bigger problem. Um, so, um, so basically just really pretty much answer my other question. I was going to ask you what problems can, well, no, I, this is, no, I haven't asked you this question. So what problems can fibroids cause? Um, how does, you know, if a woman is having heavy bleeding or anything like that, should they really consider going to their gynecologist and, you know, get an ultrasound to see, you know, if they have them? I mean, what what are the causes of fibroids? What? Absolutely. So if a woman is symptomatic with heavy menstrual bleeding, um, and heavy menstrual bleeding is really classified as if you are changing your pad or your tampon, like every two hours, every three hours, that's considered heavy menstrual bleeding. I know a mm-hmm. lot of women were like, oh, you know, I'm changing it every four hours and my pad or my tampon soaked. Yeah, but that's not really what we classify medically as heavy menstrual bleeding. So like if you have to wear both a tampon and a pad, or if you're changing every two hours, um, then we consider that heavy. Um, if you have urinary frequency, if you're always having to go to the restroom, um, your severe uterine cramping with your period, then that's something that definitely what we would recommend that you see your gynecologist for, for initial evaluation. Um, 
sometimes like during your gynecologic exam they can do what they call a pelvic exam where they're going in and filling the sides of the uterus and that mm-hmm. will usually give us some indication that if your uterus feels enlarged that they may be enlarged because of a fibroid okay and so then the next step would typically would be an ultrasound for them to take a look at the uterine cavity and on the uterus externally to see if there's any fibroids that, that could be causing some of your symptoms. There are other reasons why women can have heavy menstrual bleeding, but uterine fibroids is one common one, so they can rule that out. Okay. Are there um, different options to remove fibroids if they do become a serious problem other than surgery? So or- there, so there are a couple things that women can do. Um, a lot of times the doctors would recommend a hysterectomy, which in my opinion, this is just my opinion, uh, should be probably the last step. Um, but there's something called uterine fibroid embolization. Um, it is done by interventional radiologist who is a physician. And they okay. actually insert these little um, embolic tiny, teeny, tiny beads into the blood supply of the fibroid. And that stop the blood supply going to the fibroid which eventually kills the fibroid um the downside about that is that they don't know really the impact on doing the uterine fibroid embolization on fertility so a lot of times they will wait or ask have a woman who is done with childbearing um they recommend that procedure because we can't guarantee that if you do that procedure and we're blocking blood supply to the fibroid that there may be some residual blood supply blocked to the uterus as well that can cause infertility issues. So a lot of times they want to wait until you're done with having children. Okay, okay, perfect. That was that's really good information. I was wondering though, another question um, that I wanted to know real quickly was as far as when women that's over, that's 50 and over, that may have had fibroids, the older you get, do they actually shrink um, in size and like go away? They do. The symptoms usually decrease as you get older, especially when you're um, past menopause. So when you stop having your periods, um, usually the uterine fi- fibroids start becoming stop stop becoming more of an issue. Um, and your uterus becomes less active. So if a woman is older and she finds out that she has uterine fibroids and she's closer to menopause, a lot of times we'll just have them not do anything about it and knowing that menopause will take care of the majority of the symptoms. Um, For some women who are having, or very symptomatic, even if they are close to menopause, then uh-huh. the, the physician may recommend a myomectomy, which is just removal of the fibroids, but keeping the uterus. Um, that okay. can also be an option uh, for some women, but a lot of times uh, menopause will take care of a lot of the symptoms. Okay, great. So we have some questions actually. Okay. Uh, from a well, question from an audience or from someone um, who has questions, because I have people like, you know, give me some questions for you. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so one of the questions is that if you have back cramping with period, but no heavy to normal bleeding, are the cramps cause for concern of possible fibroids? Um, so could it be fibroids? It's always a possibility. Um, and okay. you can always uh, seek out the care from your gynecologist, but there's also other things that can cause uterine cramping. Um, 
sometimes the uterus just cramps as you are bleeding just to kind of get rid of that blood and it's just using the contraction power of that uterus to do so. Um, Mm -hmm. So a a lot of the gynecologists may try what we call empirical treatment, which is just over-the-counter treatment with ibuprofen, Tylenol, heating pad, things like that before we get into anything more invasive. because sometimes it depends on where you are in your spectrum of life. If you are having uterine cramping before having children, sometimes having children decreases your uterine cramping after you have kids. So it just it will depend on the age of the patient, on the recommendations that we do. But could it be uterine fibroids? It could, or it could be uh, other causes that can cause uterine cramping as well. Yeah, yeah, other medical issues. Okay, um, let me see if we have another question for you, okay? Okay, we have one more question. So, can uterine fibroids be detected or felt from poking on your uterus? Um, it depends on what they mean by that. So, if you can, if just by filling your, your tummy, can you feel fibroids? Probably right. not. You may not. You may not know what you're feeling um, just by filling your own tummy on the outside. Um, usually okay. we can fill fibroids by doing that by manual pelvic exam. So when the physician is actually doing what we call a two finger exam, they're going in and they're filling and pressing hard on your belly. That's what we're mm-hmm. pressing for. We're pressing for what the size of the uterus normally feels like. And it should be the size of your fist. Um, and so if we feel something that feels like the size of your fist, then we know that's a normal size uterus. But if we feel something that's more lumpy or if it feels a little bit mm-hmm. larger, we would suspect that there may be something kind of going on that may be uterine fibroids causing your uterus to feel misshapen or to feel a little bit more enlarged. Um, okay. The, a lot of times if you're asymptomatic, if you have no symptoms from your fibroids and your uterus feels a little bit large or lumpy, again, and if you're a black female, we can usually say 80% of black women have fibroids. If you're asymptomatic, we do nothing about it. If they don't bother you, we don't bother them. Okay. The only time we get involved is if a patient starts to have symptoms. Okay. So another question, I think this is the last question. Um, Well, okay, I'm sorry. Do you mind answering a couple of more questions? Sure. Okay. So another person has a question that says, "If um, if your cycle comes twice a month, is that a possible... Is that a possibility for fibroids and is it hereditary? So having irregular menstrual bleeding, um, fibroids could cause that if they're inside the uterus. Um, But we would recommend that they do seek out care for a physician to rule rule out anything else that could be causing instrumental bleeding. Also, depending Mm -hmm. on the age of the patient. So if the patient is older and they're starting to have couple of periods during their um, menstrual cycle, then that's something that they definitely need to get worked out um, and get looked uh, checked out by a gynecologist. Um, you know, as fibroids, are they hereditary? It's hard to say. Um, the reason why I say that is when you have the majority of women of color with fibroids, you know, is it uh, environmental that's causing it or is it a genetic predisposition and we don't know that information um, we just okay. know that a lot of women have them but we don't I, we cannot um, 
clinically say and you know medically say that yes even though your mother may have them your cousin may have them your sister may have them they could be all a part of that 80 percent and maybe not have any genetic predisposition they're just a part of that that cluster of, of group of people um yeah or could it be that you know maybe there is some genetic predisposition that no one has really looked at that's a possibility there hasn't been a lot of research in per se for uterine fibroids to my knowledge that looked at the genetic predisposition um we just see that a lot of women have them of color yeah okay okay perfect well thank you so much for um for that information um my last question this is this is my question that i want to ask um that someone may want want to know out there that have fibroids. Um, is it best for women to get their fibroids removed if they do want to uh, have children, like if they want to carry? Or do they have to like go to, through the procedure of getting it removed? And will that be the best option for them? Or should they just leave it alone? Not necessarily. So it depends on where the fibroids are located because there's plenty, okay. there's many women that actually uh, have no problems with childbearing and have uterine fibroids. Um, so the, um, the question would be, is that impacting fertility? Um, are they yes. having issues with actually getting pregnant or, or maintaining a pregnancy? And is that issue related to uterine fibroids? Then yes, then they would recommend that the fibroids okay. be removed through surgery. But if the fibroids are not causing any problems with fertility, um, not causing any problems with delivery, then I wouldn't do anything at all. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we got literally like three minutes left um, in our podcast. Um, but thank you so much for answering um, the questions because there's a lot of women I'm sure out there that are, like you said, 80% is a huge number. And the majority of you know women that are getting fibroids, you said are women of color, um, you know, black and Hispanic women. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that listens, that, that are gonna listen to this podcast and gets a lot of information from it um so thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us um as you know um being in the women's health industry um as a professional um and so i think that's um do you have anything that you would like to say or anything like that well i i always since i am a women's health and advocate for women and just make sure there's lots of changes going on with gyn care and pap smears and how frequent and just make sure you visit your gynecologist regularly and make sure you're doing your breast exams uh, once a month um, because you know more about your body than we know and you will know something's wrong quicker than we will know as clinical providers. So the more you are in tune and know what's going on with your body, the easier it would be for when you see a physician for us to find out what's going on with you. Exactly. So regular checkups are very important. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, um, Luciana, for um, your feedback, your information, your advice. I love you. Um, and I'm so glad that you're able to share this information with a lot of women out there. Um, but thank you so much. Um, and, you know, for those out there, again, we're going to have another episode on health one day. So um, keep listening. Thank you so much. You're this welcome. Faith at the breakfast, at the impact bar. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Bye. Okay, bye.